This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Ant Group, the banking company led by former Alibaba chairman Jack Ma, had its pending IPO halted by Chinese regulators. The IPO was going to be both in Shanghai and in Hong Kong, and it was reportedly going to be the largest in the history of that country. But regulators have summoned Mr. Ma and other company executives for a meeting earlier this week. And the question is, what's going to happen with this? David Su is a management professor here at the Wharton School and joins us to give his opinions. David, great to talk to you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, likewise. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So kind of give us your thoughts on on what has occurred here with this potential IPO. Yeah, I think this is a big shock. Uh, today was supposed to be the day uh, where Ant Group, which is a spin-out of Alibaba, um, Ali, best known for Alipay, was supposed to go public, raising $34 billion, largest IPO ever. Uh, really tricky listing because it was going to be dual shared between Hong Kong and Shanghai, a new stock market in Shanghai called Star Market, meant to emulate the NASDAQ. But in the, uh, you know, the minute before midnight, figuratively, uh, the regulators in China said, no, there's, uh, we don't think that you're in compliance. And we can certainly get into the details of how Alipay and uh, Ant Group, which is, you know, they, they thought about themselves as a technology company, but the regulators right. were like, no, no, wait a second, you're more of a fintech company. Right. And so Jack Ma uh, really, and we can talk about their various lines of business, but it really directly impacts and regulates one growth area of Ant Group, namely the, the microloans segment. And so this is really changing the game a bit in terms of um, how Ant can operate and likely the profitability of the group, given the, the, the new regulations that have been surfaced uh, as part of this. Right. And, and, and to kind of lay the framework, and you did a little bit right there, Ant Group was basically started out of Alibaba, and, and as you mentioned, Alipay being a very important component to it. That's right. And so it's a $17 trillion business, these online payments. And it's, I think those of us in the West were not as familiar, but in China, merchants and consumers scan these quick uh, QR codes to really complete the transaction because not that many people have credit cards. And yeah. the consequence of that is that uh, groups like Alibaba have a ton of data on you, cash flow, preferences, you're shopping on Alibaba, you're making payments. The, the, the consequence of that is that that really gives the, the group a leg up in credit scoring. And when it comes to things like you want now a, a microloan, they have now 3,000 3, data points in their algorithm by which they try to predict loss ratios, will you repay on time, what's your cash flow, all those things. And so what Ink Group did is say they said, look, we're just the tech platform that that that's the risk. And then we push these loans over yeah. to the banks or we try to securitize these things, package them up to be traded, et cetera. But now the regulators have said, no, you actually are uh, you know, operating under finance and insurance. And that's a regulated segment, unlike this more tech place. And so as a consequence, you and group have to hold more in reserves. 
where, where you know, we saw what happened in the United States on, on securitization of assets. We're going to be much more conservative in, the, um, in what we're gonna, going to allow. Now, on the other side of the market, what's very interesting, this, there's a tremendous amount of interest in this IPO. I read somewhere that it was over 800 times oversubscribed, and so yeah. there was a, a huge amount of enthusiasm. Now that, that this regulatory regime is becoming a little bit more clear, the valuation, which is going to be something about like $300 plus billion, now that Ant Group can't just simply take a tech referral fee to the banks and not have to hold capital and reserves, that's going to have obvious implications for uh, the expected profitability of the group, especially since this area, these microloans, together with some other asset management plus insurance lines of business, these are really the growth areas of, uh, of the Ant Group. Alipay is still hugely important, but the, the, the relative growth in that segment is less, though that, that line of business is hugely important in the algorithm and data yeah. to really inform these other lines of business uh, that Ant is, is doing. So as you lay that out and thinking about the regulation side of this, it sounds a little bit like some of the issues we're seeing play out here in the United States uh, when you think about how some, uh, you know, what they perceive to be tech companies perceive themselves at and, and the regulatory side perceives it as something else. That's right. And I think, you know, Jack Ma made a very public uh, remarks uh, really kind of criticizing the reg- regulatory regime, especially in finance in China. Yeah. I think that was a big no-no. I think that you know uh, already um, this is in this environment there where there is things can change. You know, it's an emerging legal framework, particularly in this particular the store market in Shanghai where they're going to go public, only 15 months old. Yeah. Right? And, and as you might recall, Alibaba itself went public in the United States. Yeah. And so because I think because of, of some of the, the political tension, et cetera, this is meant to be the coming out party for an all-Asian listing yeah. uh, in China. But, of course, there is we, – we can separately talk about the role of regulators, et cetera, but this is kind of a very public kind of – you know, war playing out between Jack Ma versus President Xi in terms of, and the regulators, in terms of really crafting, and, and, and as you say, emulating some of the discussions we're having in the United States about the role of technology, uh, the role of regulation, data, what, what that data enables in terms of broad scope lines of business that may or may not be a fair basis of, of advantage as compared to more traditional businesses, that, that debate is also playing out in China. Right. In that the, the banks, you know, the traditional banks that don't, don't have the technology, yeah. they're going to be increasingly dependent and in having to fork over fee, more fees to the lead generators like Ant Group that have so many, so many other points of data. And you could certainly think about how this might play out in, in our own context here in the United States on the tech companies versus you know, all any name your favorite industry. You know, it could be sure, Amazon yeah. on consumer consumers. It could be fintech products. Really, you know, technology 
doesn't stop. Uh, you know, it's it certainly these general purpose technologies really touch many areas and many industries. And so this, this, this real-time debate is really kind of playing out around the world. So let me ask you this, David, because I, I think in, in reading about this, one of my thoughts was, and you can shed some light on this, is whether or not this is also in part a move by the Chinese government to continue to have the level of control it may have in other areas over this area as well. Is, is that the case? Yes, I, I think that's that's the first level of analysis. What is puzzling to me is that, you know, I, I'm imagining that there were some concessions made by the regulators in exchange for and group listing in Shanghai. Right. And just think about a game theory perspective. Like now that the Chinese regulators you know, basically pulled the rug out in this very highly visible, you know, everyone around the world's watching this. Yeah. Now, if you're a Chinese company, an entrepreneur wanting to raise capital, you're going to think twice. Like, yeah. you know, this is not a, things can change quickly. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's for, by the way, one of the reasons why a lot of U.S. companies, for example, decide to incorporate in Delaware. Because the case law is well worked out, the, you know everything is very much more predictable in, in terms of the legal regime uh, on this, and so it's a little bit rolling the dice. We didn't know how how you know likely something like this would happen. Right. I, I personally thought it was unlikely, but it's been proven here and that you know there is there obviously the government's in it for not going to. Than to the whims, even of a very powerful company like the Ant Group and sure. and Jack Ma, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, I agree that there is a little bit of a contestation between the forces of the marketplace versus the role of the government, and uh, you know we we see who who's won out here. <laughs> and, and, and David, I I wondered as well what the impact this also is on the Hong Kong market as, a, as an entity, when you think about this was also supposed to, you know, it was going to be a dual listing in Shanghai and Hong Kong, and it gets pulled there. And obviously there has been the back and forth between, uh, you know, the, the, the various leadership elements in Hong Kong and the Chinese government, and, and whether or not that has a negative impact in general on the Hong Kong market moving forward. I think that, that that's right. This is always very, very difficult to orchestrate uh, out of the gates. Anytime you have coordination, because it, it's difficult enough to, to list on one exchange and to right. come into compliance with all the various regulations, timetables, et cetera. But because this was such a blockbuster deal, I think they were uh, Jack Ma, you know, they, they dictated the, the, the pricing. They dictated a lot of the stuff. And so they were able to line these things up. But now that, you know, the, the downside to this is that because they were in lockstep, because Shanghai backed off, they also had to pull the listing out of Hong Kong. They found the money, put the damper on things. You know, it does – the hope is that they'll be able to come back sometime over the next year or less to do the listing. Yeah. But, you know, the, it's hard to make the, the splash the second time around. Sure, um, yeah, and yeah. Certainly, for Hong Kong and being, uh, you know, a financial center together with Singapore and the Asian region, there there does 
there does seem to be an impact, though. I think people understand this is more of a Shanghai issue rather than a Hong Kong issue. So hopefully that impact will be a little bit more minimized. But sure, in terms of reputation, et cetera, people will kind of say, hey, how come you just didn't bring it to the U.S. markets like you did last time, uh, Jack Ma, with Alibaba? David, great to have you with us. Thanks very much for your time. Stay safe. All the best. Thank you. David Sue, Management Professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.